Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. All right, thank you. Amen. Pastor Steve, that was another awesome worship. Let's give it up for our worship team today. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, if you're visiting today or you're new, many people do on Easter. We all get it. We all know that around the world, churches and religious services are being held all week and all weekend. And so um, I'm going to tell a story today uh, out of John chapter 20, but I'll just be real with you. A lot of people have been praying for many of you, everyone today. Some pressure as pastors feel Easter's coming because there's some of you, uh, your friends and family have invited you here and And we just all want so bad, everybody, to experience Jesus the way we all have. Wherever you are, if you're a skeptic, it could even be an atheist, it could be a religious person, uh, whatever you may be, I just want you to know that you're not here by accident and that Jesus did raise from the dead and he did it if you were the only person on planet Earth. And he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. I want to talk about today running on empty running on empty. Uh, I believe many people today just kind of feel that way. A lot of stuff going on in the world, uh, in our economy, uh, this war, just a lot of stuff going on. And a lot of people just feel like uh, we know we should be going after God and have the victory and, and be positive. And we try our best to do that on Sundays and especially on Easter. But uh, the Lord just put this into my heart. He's going right into the heart today. Amen. And wants to deal with some folks that may be feeling like you're running on empty. How many would be uh, honest and say, man, I feel like I'm running on empty sometimes. Amen. I'm here. Amen. Look at the hands. Amen. I'm running on empty. Uh, And and I know uh, I need to have what God has for me. But be honest with you, I'm running empty on my confidence. I'm running empty on my faith. I'm running empty on on my hope. I want you to know what Resurrection Sunday is all about. Uh, Here it is. I'm going to give you the whole reason and the whole uh, big point of the whole message today. And that's this, the whole message of Easter. The tomb is empty, so you don't have to be. That's why Jesus rose from the dead. The tomb is empty, so you and I don't have to live empty lives. We don't have to be empty. We can be filled with confidence. We can be filled with faith. We can be filled with hope. We can be filled with his spirit. That's why Jesus rose again. Amen? That's it. Let's close and go home. Amen. No. Give me a few minutes today as I minister this to you. I'm going to tell a story. It's in John chapter 20. We've already prayed and given God permission to speak into our hearts and into our lives. And Father, we just pray you just continue to do that in the reading of your word. And as we are gathered together to hear what your word says to us today, we thank you this and all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So this is a story in John 20 about two men, Peter and John. John is kind of incognito here. He wrote the book of John, and he's being real humble because he doesn't identify himself as John. He refers to himself kind of like in the third party. How many know some folks like that? But he doesn't do it in an arrogant way. He calls himself the one whom Jesus loved. And I love this because if there's something that you really, really, really need to know that will change your life forever is that you are loved by God. And I've really been thinking about this a lot lately this past week, this Passion Week and Good Friday. I've been thinking a lot about the love of God. This is the whole 
um, essence of this week is that God demonstrates his own love. He, he's demonstrating his own love. Some people if are trying to believe even if there is a God. Listen, this week is the week that he not only showed that he is God, but that he loves us by sending his only son to die on the cross. For he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we can become the righteousness of God. So it's all about the love. And in this story, John is the one who knew that. But he also was struggling here with the death of Jesus. He didn't think it would end out like that. Have you ever prayed or believed for something and it didn't turn out the way you believed or was hoping for? Well, you're in good company because the Bible is filled with them people and those stories from cover to cover. Even on this Resurrection Sunday, we find all of his disciples being in this kind of state, not understanding uh, they thought Jesus was going to overthrow Rome and set the Jews free. They've been under oppression by the Roman Empire. And so they're both struggling, but one is struggling more than the other. Peter is the one that is singled out in this story. He's the one that's running on empty. And we pick it up in John chapter 20. I got all the scriptures on the screen today. I normally do not do that. And we normally stand and read a passage. But I'm going to just tell this story and minister as we go. And we find out in John chapter 20... Verse 1, it says, now on the first day of the week, uh, because this story begins with a foot race of all things. Foot race in the Bible, yes. It says, on the first day of the week that Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, and when it was still dark, so that's this morning. She got there early this morning, and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran, came back, and told Simon Peter and the other disciple, here he is, whom Jesus loved, wonder who that is. And said to them, um, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Verse 3 says, then Peter just ran out. There he goes. He's taken off first. He went out, and then the other disciple were going with him to the tomb, so they both were in together. And the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. So we're looking at Peter in this story, and my first point today would be that Peter heard, he heard. I want you to pay attention to this, is that this is why the two men are running toward the tomb, and this is why Peter is running toward Jesus. They're going in the right direction, and it's all because he heard. Many of you are here today and watching online, and you're following Jesus because you heard. That was enough for you is for someone to just tell you the story of Jesus Christ. They told you what's called the gospel. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever will believe in him would have eternal life. And some of you have heard that and was like, man, that's enough for me to know that I am loved. And that's enough for me that I can have a second chance. Sign me up and I want to be saved. And, and that's enough for me. And it's powerful. The Bible says that how can someone believe unless they hear, right? And how can they hear unless the preacher tells them or someone is sent? So it all comes by hearing. It's very important that we hear the truth. We got to keep hearing. That's what the cameras are for and, and the live stream and the podcasts. And we have radios and, and so many different ways that the gospel is going out around the world is because there's something that happens when you and I hear the good news of Jesus Christ. I mean, we heard, we heard it this morning, even in the songs. All those songs were so anointed, weren't they? I mean, you could preach those songs. Just so amazing. They all are telling the story that what happens to a life when they hear the story and they receive what they hear. 
Your life has changed. You come, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. You deserve all of the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise. That's why they don't let me up here. Amen. It's all because we've heard the story of Jesus. But then if you look at this story, it begins to tell us a little detail there that I thought was hilarious at first. It said, and then John, the one whom Jesus loved, outran Peter to the tomb. And I thought, I thought he was humble. What a narcissistic thing to write is that you, had, you wanted to tell the whole world that you can beat Peter to how fast you are. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the whole world knows to this day who would win in a foot race between Peter and John. I'm like, John, seriously, you're going to take up precious space. I mean, this is the number one best-selling book in human history. There's no other book in history has been sold and copies made than the, the Holy Bible. And out of all things he could have put here, he wanted everybody to know that he's fast. That's what I did. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Now, we know John's the youngest. He was about 16 years old. He's called John the Beloved. He was the youngest of the followers of Christ. He followed him for three years. But when he wrote this, he's well in his 30s. And it's just a supernatural ability for him to record the conversation. The longest conversation Jesus had with his disciples is from chapter 12 of John all the way to his death. It, it was what happened in the Passover in the upper room. John did all of that from memory, from 20 years later. Had to be supernatural. But that you're fast, John? Do you really think that's, that's important, that you want to let us know that you outran Peter? And then as I begin to read and read a little more, the Holy Spirit begin to say, hey, wait a minute, every word of God is inspired by God. So there's a reason that this is in the Bible. And this is when I begin to realize it wasn't, I believe, it wasn't that John was faster. I believe Peter began to just slow down. I believe the closer they got to the tomb, Peter began to realize the last time he saw Jesus. Because Peter, ain't nobody outrunning Peter. Because I know Peter's the kind of guy, if John was trying to outrun him, he would have clipped him. I know he would have. <laughs> Y'all know Peter? Y'all know Peter? Okay, just two days ago, they come in here to get Jesus, and he pulled out a switchblade and was like, hey, he, he pulled a sword out and cut the dude's ear off. This is Peter. Peter just always opening up his mouth and sticking his foot in. I mean, he's that kind of guy. And he's going to let little John outrun him? I don't think so. But what happened is that as the closer they got to the tomb, I believe, even though Peter heard that Jesus has risen and it's good news to hear, I believe he also began to hear those other voices. Those other, other voices that we all hear when we start running toward Jesus. Some of you have already heard them today on the way to church and you had to overcome them just to get here because you heard the voice, why are you going to church today? Why are you going on Easter? You know, you haven't been here in so long. You don't even have the right clothes. You, if people only knew what you were going through, uh, you would not be here. You would not be singing, look at you. What are you doing in church? Is it only me or has anyone else ever heard those voices? And Peter is thinking, oh my gosh, wait a minute. What if he did raise from the dead? Do you realize the last time I saw Jesus was the night he was in front of Caiaphas' house and he was being tried? And the Bible says that he was uh, right outside Caiaphas' house was like an open area where all the spectators came. Remember, when they arrested Jesus, they thought that an angel was going to come and just the heavens was going to open, right, at the last minute because Jesus was a miracle worker. So, I mean, they were all there to watch the trial. And it was all outside 
And Peter is in the group, and there was a, a young girl who looked at Peter and said, Hey, Peter, weren't you following this Jesus? And she's probably thinking, if I can turn him in, the religious leader's going to give me a little, little something, I know. So aren't you one of them? And, Jesus like, and Peter was like, No, I, I don't know Jesus. And the last time the Bible says in Luke that the last time he denied Christ was the very second that Jesus looked over the rooster crowed, and the Bible says he looked right at Judas, or looked right at Peter. And was thinking, is this going to be another Judas? That was the last time Peter saw Jesus. So you can imagine as he's running to getting close to the tomb, he's thinking, what am I going to say? Or maybe he had the voice of, man, look at John. I'm never going to be like John. I mean, he is the beloved. He's his favorite with his little, you know, I'm the one whom Christ loves. In fact, there's a couple times in the Bible where Peter wanted to ask Jesus a question. And the disciples had a good question, but none of them were brave enough to ask Jesus for whatever reason. So they said they asked John, since he's the closest, and was like, hey, John, ask the master. I mean, John was the teacher's pet. He's one of them ones that just, I mean, got on fire for God and went after God. And Peter was just not that guy. Peter was the guy that always needed tutor lessons. Peter was the guy that was always last to be picked. Peter was always the guy that wasn't everybody's favorite, so he tried to compensate and make up for it for being loud and flamboyant and explosive on people because he wanted inside so bad to be like John, but he just never could have it work out that way. And so now he's running on empty. Empty of confidence, empty of hope, empty of faith. He's struggling in his faith. I mean, he believed he was going to be the guy. Jesus told him. The one highlight of his life was when Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, what you just said, I'm going to build my church on what you just said. And the gates of hell will now prevail against it. Peter was like, did you hear that, John? Just an hour later, he came to Jesus because Peter was that guy. You give him a little bit of little, little attention, there he goes. And he comes running up, he goes, Jesus, I'm going to follow you till, the, till I die. I mean, he got too little over, how many, you know some people that's some self-confident, little overconfident. And Peter and Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, before the night is out, you're going to deny you even know me three times. And he says, I'm not going to have, let that happen. I will die for you. And you are not going to the cross. And Jesus said, Satan, get behind me, for you know what spirit you are of. He went from being the one with the revelation to being Satan in 20 minutes. <laughs> this is Peter. This is Peter. I think we've all had those moments, but this is Peter. This is the guy running to see Jesus. What in the world is he going to say? He's not good enough. He has to fight all those same battles. I remember fighting this when I got saved, coming to church with my family, 25 years old, my two daughters wearing an outfit from Salvation Army. Didn't look half, it was, didn't look half this good. And whatever, driving an old leaky, oily car, walking up to that church, just so intimidated, thinking, man, these people... If they only knew my story, walking into that place. But I kept going and I learned this, that everyone has a past because that past, even to this day, 25 years later, will sometimes raise its ugly head and say, man, who do you think you are in church? Who do you think you are leading? Who do you think you are as a pastor? If people only knew your story, if people only knew what you did, if people only knew that, and that past comes up. But listen, our past will have a voice. Our past has a voice, but don't let it have the final say. Don't let it have the final say. I would love to tell you that even if you accept Jesus Christ today and was like, I'm going to live this new life, you still will have to deal with those voices. 
But I want to tell you today, you got to be like Peter and John and, they, and listen. What kept him going is that he also listened and remembered that Jesus was compassionate. That Jesus even said to Peter, when you do return, because I know you're going to leave me, when you do return, I'm going to restore you, feed my sheep. And I, he focused on them and that's why they continued to go. And I'm here to tell you that no one has went too far for God to not love you. He still has a plan for every single person listening to me today. He still does. So they kept running. Peter kept going. Wasn't sure why. Still on empty, but he's running. In verse 5 it says, And he, this is John, stooping down and looked in. Then he saw the linen clothes lying there. Yet he didn't go in. He waited on Peter. Peter is still taking his time. Then Simon Peter came, followed them, and went right into the tomb. And he saw the linen clothes lying there. And the clothes and the cloths. But they were folded together in a place by itself. And the other disciple, whom Jesus loved, he came to the tomb first. Now he goes in. He sees and believes. He sees and believes. This is many of us here again today. You heard about the gospel, but it was really, you kind of was open to it, entertaining to you. But when you begin to see some evidence, this was you that began to say, okay, now I believe. Because John, he was struggling. He was running because he heard. But it didn't say he believed when he heard. But it does say when he saw, he believed. And this is many of us. When you see miracles, it takes that extra thing that we need to see in order to believe. Thomas was one. Thomas said, I'm not going to believe until I see and I appreciate that. And God appreciates that. And he understands our, our honesty. And Jesus made an extra trip just for Thomas so he could see. But even then, he said, Thomas, when you put your hand into my nail scar, do it, but do it believing. In other words, you still got to have a choice. It's still going to be, God will always make room for faith for you to believe or not. But miracles, they happen all the time. They happen all the time. You're sitting in a room filled with miracles. You're, this building is a miracle. How we got to this church, and some of you have heard our story. It's a long story. We started out a little church on Savage Road. God gave us this. We renovated ourselves and just exploded. And what God is doing here, going all over the place to the camp. This is a miracle if you really sat down and listened to our story. Had our grand opening. The next week, COVID hit. Miracles everywhere. My mom on Thanksgiving, got diagnosed with breast cancer. Christmas was her first treatment of chemo. Christmas. Wasn't it awesome as a family to go through that? No. Breast cancer, huge tumor. Family just was like, what's going on? And I remember mom saying, I believe God can heal me. But if God takes me home, I'm okay with that too because I know and I know my Jesus. You know, we're all gonna go sometime. I think what is important is where you're going to go when you leave here. So we prayed, family prayed, dad laid hands on mama every night, every day. We all prayed, watched her go through her journey. And just a couple weeks into chemo, they had another test. And they said, man, we don't know what happened, but that thing is shrinking. Amen. Tumor responded. But we've seen it in her lip notes. And oh my gosh, it began to spread. And we went through all of that. And they did more tests and more tests. And she kept the faith. It's one thing to believe God for a weekend or a day or a minute. See, faith isn't about believing for the big miracles. Faith is about believing for the long miracles. 
Faith isn't always the big step of faith. Sometimes it's the little steps of every day. I'm still going to believe. 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 And on Good Friday, this past Friday, mama rung the bell. She is cancer free. Now, you know, my mom, she's got a little Peter in her. She, she broke the bell. I ain't kidding you. She literally broke the bell. She's like, Miracles, miracles sitting on these rows, sitting on these rows. And my best friend from high school sitting here. Melinda and I got saved in 1997, and I remember coming to church and praying for my friends. And when I got saved, came in the church, Ladon went into football, began to coach, kind of got off the streets. And I said, man, he would, him and Tiny would be such good Christians if we could get them. They came a couple times. We prayed for him, prayed for him, prayed for him. 20 years later, on an Easter Sunday like this, three years ago, because of Donovan, the son, came. The Bible says if I could only get one in the family, one in the family. Here come the Rubens. I was so happy when they came. I was even happier when they said, at the end of the service, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me my sins. We had no idea that next Easter, her mama would come. Mama Melizer came on that Easter Sunday, gave her heart to Jesus. We had no idea that the Lord would take her home just a few months later. We had no idea that that would be her last Easter Sunday. And during COVID, the live stream, we're sitting at home, we're not able to gather, so we went live stream. Her dad watched us live stream. And on a Wednesday night, gave his life to Jesus. A few months later, he's now in heaven with Mama Melizer. We had no idea. Some of you may have no idea that this could be your last Easter gathering. What am I saying? Miracles are all around us. It's not about the outfits. It's not about the songs. It's about knowing Jesus Christ. I don't care if you're Catholic, Lutheran, or in between, or a hybrid of all, or you just made up your own. You're not biblical, you're spiritual, because that's the new thing today. My question is today, do you know Jesus Christ? Because when you get into heaven, he's not going to say how many prayers, how, how uh, spiritual you are, how many hours in meditation, how many stones have you rubbed on you, how much karma you believe in. He's going to say, do you know my son, Jesus Christ? Have you surrendered your life to him? So most people come when they see these kind of miracles. But I'm going to come after some of you. Because some of you are like, oh, Pastor Eddie, I've heard that before. I've heard your story. I've heard the church. I know you come from this and that. And I've heard Jesus rose from the dead since I was a little kid. Been there, done that. It's like watching a movie all over again. I know how it's going to end. I got to get out of here. That's how some of us are. That's a nice story. I love your jacket. Worship was awesome. I'm happy for your mama and Tanya and the family. But um, I'm just not down with that right now. Because that's what Peter did. What? That's exactly what Peter said. Back to the story in chapter 21, verse 3. Peter looks at the crowd and after hearing that he has risen, after seeing miracles, Peter says to his friends, he says, I'm going to go back fishing. You got that, John 21, verse 3? And then Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And some of them said, I'm going also. That's to you and me, it's like, fishing, it ain't a bad idea. Hurry up. <laughs> fishing ain't nothing wrong. I love fishing. I would love to go fishing. Many of you are fishing. I'd love to go with Danny on his boat and catch some walleye. Amen. He told me good Friday. I, I love that. Fishing's cool. But you've got to understand the context here. 
Fishing was Peter's old life. And when Jesus first met Peter, uh, Jesus said to him, Peter, do you, you want to come follow me? And Peter sold all of his fishing equipment because he had a, a business. He sold all of his fishing business and he followed Jesus full time to be a student. And then when Jesus died, he even heard that he has risen. And I'm so... I'm like, why is everybody surprised that he has risen? He told his disciples over and over and over and over again that I'm going to be handed over to the Gentiles, I will die, and I will rise. It's like Jesus tells us these things, and we just go, wow, this is such new information. <laughs> Peter, they were all confused. I can't think. I'm like, whoa, we do the same thing. So what Peter's doing here, he's not about going fishing. You know what he's saying is, Easter was a good service, and this man, you guys had the cameras, you had everything going good, but I'm going back. When I get out of here, will you let us out? I mean, my phone's going off. I got to get out of here. Peter says, man, the story was great. I saw the little handkerchief. By the way, do you know why the handkerchief was folded? That's a pretty cool story. In the ancient culture, when you got finished with a meal, you would take the napkin and you would wipe your hands and wipe your beard, if you had a beard. And you would wad it and throw it on the plate. And a wadded napkin meant you're done. Clean the table. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm done. But if you folded the napkin as a homeowner and as a man of the home, that meant don't touch my food. I got to take care of some business. I'm coming back. So when these two Jewish men leaned in and saw the napkin folded, <laughs> when they saw the napkin folded, they was like, that's why he says, and then they remembered these things. Why? Because look, they looked at each other and they said, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. Jesus said, I'm not, I didn't throw these clothes off. No one threw them off of me and carried my body and hid it. No, no. I got up that morning and I put my clothes and I folded them up and said, because there's going to come a day when the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then those who believe will hear my voice and be gathered together to meet me in the air. Woo! Yes, that's what that meant, baby. That meant if the tomb is empty, I don't have to be empty no more. And by the way, did you catch the end of that verse? And then they went and they fished all, all night. First, it was immediately they got back into a boat. Isn't it amazing how fast we can backslide? Isn't it amazing? It takes us years to believe and get my, you know, make, get a pattern of coming to church regularly. It takes so long to believe. And, but here these guys immediately went back to their old life. Immediately went back. That flesh is going, come on, come on. It's like, you know, Friday the 13th. Remember killing that dude, Jason? And then, y'all remember Jason, right? Is he doing Jason on Easter? Yes. It is resurrection. I mean, I'm just saying. But I, my point is this. When Jesus crucifies your flesh, don't resurrect it. There's a whole teaching that says if you do that, it'd be seven times worse. 
Second Peter, in fact, Peter's the dude that wrote it in Second Peter 2.20. He said it's like a dog returning to his vomit. It's like a pig being washed and cleaned and runs right back to the mud hole. If you and I once been cleaned and washed but then go back and then are entangled again, it's worse for us. It's better for us to have never known the way than once know the holy commandment and go back to our puke. Whoa, how did he get there from Friday the 13th? I'm anointed. Here it goes. That's the word. That's the way it goes. That's how it goes. The word of God will do that. I mean, it'll just jump right out at you like that. And that flesh will come popping right back up immediately. But look at the last end of that verse. And he caught nothing. Let me save you some trouble. You don't want to go back. There ain't nothing back there. Peter had better equipment this time, I'm sure. He got it off Amazon Prime. He sold his first equipment and he tried the Jesus thing. It didn't work out. You know, mom and dad's been on him to live for Jesus, so he went ahead and tried it. It didn't work out. So now he's going to go back and get what he's always wanted to get. He's got that nice boat. He's got that nice equipment. He's going to, you know, last time, maybe reason why he turned to Jesus, because life was bad, business was terrible. But this time, he's going to really live it up. And he worked all night and they caught nothing. Because nothing can fulfill that emptiness that you have. For me, it was just another party. Let's try a new drinking game. It'd be better. (laughs) Same conversation, same people, different drink. Let's try this. Let's try that. That was me. Some of you may be like, hey, it's a new job. Got to get a new boat. If I got a new boat, got to get a bigger car. Well, if I got a bigger car, it'd be better. Got to get another husband. Got to get a better wife. My point is this, is we try, like these boys did, to go back and fill that emptiness, but nothing is going to fill that emptiness. Ain't nothing wrong with a boat and a car. Invite me to come with you when you get one. I have no problem with some of them things. But if we don't have the purpose of what today stands for, it's just another bill and another payment and another letdown and another this and another that. I felt like at the end of my world life out there, 12 years running, on the streets, I needed that pen that said, are we having fun yet? Because it was like so dumb. I just, I could predict exactly, this is gonna happen, drama's gonna start. That was before social media. I don't know how people do it today. This is nuts. But he says, I want you to just see that there's nothing to go back to. But what I love about Jesus, let me just show you this. I will show you this verse, Nick. I wasn't sure I always, but this is so good. Jesus knew that Peter was going to hear, he was going to see and still struggle. Because first thing that morning, when Mary, the mother of Jesus, came to the tomb, right around the time Mary Magdalene did in our beginning of our story, an angel said this to Mary. Mary, the Lord is not here. Go and tell your disciples and Peter. You know, she's probably, why did you say it like that? I know Peter thinks he's got to have all the attention. Don't you mean John? No, no, the angel said, go tell all the disciples and Peter that Jesus is going to meet him in Galilee. Galilee? Wait a minute, go to that next verse in 21, verse 4. And when when the morning now had come, Jesus stood on the shore of Galilee. Oh, so Peter went back fishing in this sea of Galilee. Right where Jesus said in the morning, I know by the end of tonight, after he goes to church and he experiences all that, I know where he's going to be tonight. I know where he's going to be on that laptop. I know where he's going to be Monday morning. I know when he's going to be when his friend slides in his DM and tells him to come over. It's time to get turned up. I know what's going to happen the next time they're tempted to be this type of person. Jesus said, I already know, and I'm going to show up. 
So, so while they're there fishing, Jesus shows up on the shore. Jesus will always show up. When you start to have a relationship with him, he's going to show up. He won't stop you from sinning, but he'll stop you from enjoying it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Roll it up, my homeboy. Roll it up. Go ahead. I throw it all in, baby, because I know how it is to sit on them chairs and listen on live stream and be all holy and this is the day and hallelujah to the Lamb and not know Jesus Christ no more than that chair. I don't give religion. I don't preach religion. I'm not a religious person because religion won't do nothing to you or for you, but take your time, money, and energy. What will give you an eternal life and why Jesus came was to show us how to have a relationship and be restored to the Father, your creator and your maker. That's why he came. And so Jesus is on the shore, probably been there for a while. Peter is slow. And he goes, he's on the shore and he goes, hey, uh, did you guys catch any fish yet? I'll just go. He says, hey, children, did you guys catch any fish? He calls them children. This kind of sounds familiar because he did it in the beginning of the ministry. But the Bible says they didn't know who he was because he looked a little different. Why? Because he had that new body that we're going to get when we go to heaven. I don't have time to tell about that, but Jesus was the first fruits of those that will rise again. We're all going to die, whether you believe in God or not. It's a scientific fact. Ten out of ten die. It's just proven. You're going to die. I've done funerals for teenagers. I've done funerals for kids. I've, I've, my first funeral was with my four-year-old niece that got killed. I mean, when I was seven years old. Funeral, you're going to go. You never know when you're going to go. We're all going to go. But those of us who have hope in Jesus Christ, even though we die, yet shall we live. And the Bible says we're going to get a new body. And so it looks a little different from, from the scriptures when you study how Jesus looked because Mary didn't recognize him, thought he was a gardener. So some of us that want an upgrade in our looks, you're going to get one. I'm going to have this blonde hair, I'm telling you. No, listen. Let's get in it. This is serious and I'm going to let you go. This is don't miss this big point right here. Did you guys catch any fish? They said, no, we tried all night. We didn't catch nothing. He said, throw your net on the right side. And then the Bible says that John was like, whoa, I've heard that before. Y'all here remember that story over in Matthew when he first met the disciples? They were fishing all night. They were trying to do the club life, the, the money life. Whoever's got the most money working 80 hours, I got to get more money. They were living that kind of life, trying to fill that emptiness. And Jesus said, hey, is it working out for you yet? And they go, no. And he said, throw your net on the other side. The Bible says they threw the net on the other side. They did life the way Jesus said to do it. And they had so much fish they couldn't even bring it in. That happened three years ago. Now it's the same story. It's like Groundhog Day. And John goes, let's do it. Throws it over there. They still don't know who he is. And they begin to pull up. And it was such a big multitude. The net began to fish, began to break. John leans over to Peter. Again, singles out Peter. Because those closest to us know who's struggling the most. John goes, I knew it was Jesus. Because I'm the one he loved from the first moment. I looked and saw him on the beach. I don't know. He might have said that. But he looked at Peter and he... He said, Peter, it's the Lord. And the Bible says that Peter put on his robe, dove into the Sea of Galilee. That's how Peter was. And swam to shore. You want to hear something funny? The Bible says the disciples came in the boat and they beat Peter again. 
I think they did if you read it because they arrived first and Peter was still grabbing the net. So you got Peter, he heard the good news, wasn't good enough, he saw miracles, saw a miracle. Still wasn't good enough because it said John believed, but it didn't say Peter did. Remember, Peter's the one that said, I'm going back fishing. Easter's over, man. This is May, June, summer's coming. Hey, I'm about to go back and this is my year to hit them numbers. This is my year to do what I want to do. I'm going back fishing. But this changed everything, and this is what will change everybody. This is what changed me 25 years ago. It wasn't just hearing, even seeing. But now he swims, and he falls on his knees, and he has an encounter with Jesus Christ. And he has an encounter with the love of Jesus. When you have an encounter with Jesus, not religion. Religion just has you say a prayer or do this. When you really want to enter into a relationship, be ready for this question. Jesus looked at Peter and said, I know you denied me three times, but I'm gonna ask you three times. And here's the big question that separates religion from relationship. Are you ready for it? Do you love me more? Peter goes, yep, I do, Lord. Jesus said, Peter, do you love me more? Yeah. Is there an echo in here? The third time Jesus looked at him and the Bible says Peter started to feel some kind of way because he asked him three times, do you love me more? And Peter said, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm so empty, it's not even funny. I'm so empty, it's not even funny. I'm sitting in this church right now on Easter just because I made my wife happy, just because to make my family happy. But if you really get me all alone, and if there is a God, I'll tell him. He knows how I am. I'm so broken on the inside. I don't even know what I'm doing right now. I'm even hearing voices to end it all. I don't even know what I'm gonna do this year. I'm empty. And I love what Jesus said to him. In the Greek, it's hard to follow, and I'd have to take an hour to explain it. But in other words, Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, that's okay, because I got enough of love and faith for the both of us. He grabs him by the hands, and he says, Peter, go and feed my sheep. What's he saying? I'm giving you purpose. See, you've been hiding behind these problems. You've been like on Instagram trying new filters to make you look better. And filters do work, but it doesn't erase the effects and the pain and the scars. But Peter, now that you took the filters off and came honest with me, now I'm gonna take your emptiness because you're running on empty. And I'm gonna fill it with something you've never experienced before in your life. And when I do, this is what I meant six months ago when I said, when I restore you, you're going to restore everybody else. And Peter, and he says to Peter, follow me. And Peter went from being a person who heard to a person who saw. He had an encounter. And then the story ends with Peter being a follower. My prayer is for you today, watching online, or here in this building. You've heard this story before. You've saw miracles in your own life. Many of you are a sitting miracle today. The doctor says you weren't gonna be here. 
thinking of my brother Leroy, who the doctors told his mom and dad to abort him because he had so many defects and he wasn't going to make it. He just celebrated his 70 what? 75th birthday. <laughs> Miracles everywhere. I, I, I could do this all day. I can literally pass a microphone. Miracle sitting here, right, Steve? It's a miracle sitting here. On the way, by the way, a couple of Sundays ago, on the way to church, God opened up Leroy's eye, and he can see now out of his eye that it was closed for years, and he's been like that. Just because God's good, and he just does it. And I know some of you are like, well, I struggle with the miracles thing. Because someone didn't, I pray for somebody, and they didn't make it. I pray for my aunt, I pray for my grandma, I pray for somebody, and they didn't make it. That's Peter. You're running on empty. And I've had that happen. I, I always answer that question this way. Does everybody get saved when they first hear? Does everybody get saved when they first see? No, I waited 20 years for him. My mom and dad waited for 15 for me. I waited almost one for my wife. I wish everybody would get saved right now and I'll go to heaven, but it don't work that way. Sometimes people hear forever and never get saved and rejected. I hope it's not today. I hope today your miracle will happen. Why? Because you need to have an encounter with the love of Jesus. And here it is. Jesus loves you just the way you are. Just the way you are. And he's got a plan for you. Just like he did Peter, he's coming to you right now. So won't you just bow your heads right now. Those of you that are watching online, this is for you as well. And if you're here today and you, you heard this voice and you heard this story, I wonder if you would say, yeah, Pastor Reddy, I'm running on empty, man. I, I, I do need, need to get filled with something, with that love of God. I, I'll take some of that today. Just lift your hand up right where you are as the worship team is making their way, but let's not let them be a distraction. Amen. I see those hands. Lift it up high. I'm empty today. I'm empty today. I'm em those of you at home, put it in the chat. I am empty today. Amen. 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 I am empty today. I am empty today. Hallelujah. You can put him down. You hear you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Man, you want to accept him today. You want to accept him today. Lift your hand. Yes, I see the hand. Pray for me today. Amen, 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 amen. This is what I'm going to do. I want us to stand to our feet right now. And I'm going to take it one more level. I'm going to be and let you know that Jesus is here on the seashore right here. And you're right here. Put yourself in the story. You're in your boat. And you're, you're just out there and you're living your life and you're working all night, but there's nothing that is happening. And Jesus is saying, hey, do you want a better life? Do you, do you want to be filled? And I wonder how many Peters are here in the, boat, in, in the church today that, that would get out of the boat and swim to the front to Jesus because he wants to meet you right here. So I'm going to ask you right now to come out of your seat. Those of you that lifted your hand, come on, this is Easter Sun. This is what we do at church. Come on up. Let me pray for you. Come on up. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.